Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey, keep in mind, please, that uh, this podcast is uh, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, covering topics like uh, today. We're going to talk about uh, conquering or overcoming abuse, and that's kind of a sensitive topic, but we'll talk about that. And also keep in mind that uh, every Thursday on Instagram that we do a live video uh, talking about and taking questions about uh, similar topics. So uh, abuse, and when I talk about abuse, abuse uh, represents all kinds of abuse. There's economic abuse, there's uh, uh, or what we call financial abuse, there's uh, religious abuse, there's uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse and sexual abuse uh, among those are the kind of the standouts and uh, what's very common in the world of mental health and counseling is this idea of um, going from a survivor of abuse to what is called a thriver and the idea is okay we may not be able to overcome the abuse but we can learn how to live with it and thrive rather than survive so today we're going to talk about surviving versus thriving and also my goal, which I th- which goes beyond thriving to conquering. And we're going to talk about a couple individuals uh, that that have kind of broken through and found a place closer to conquering, uh, arguing against the idea that uh, we can't overcome the abuse. And the real I don't know what overcome exactly means, but I tell you what, uh, we'll take a couple examples today, and some things that you can do to in your own life uh, to move more towards conquering and away from surviving. So let's go ahead and get started on on uh, this uh, comparison of surviving versus thriving. So surviving is uh, actually not a bad thing. It's what allows us to continue on. It's not a state that is healthy to stay in. But surviving abuse, really uh, what that looks like is you're on high alert, um, having trouble sleeping, um, maybe creating ways to stay safe. I, you know, I had a guy in the ER uh, he was a survivor of trauma, and as I looked through his stuff, it was my job to look through his stuff because of some some uh, safety concerns. This guy was surviving, and he had like these two gigantic uh, packs, I guess, with flashlights and and all kinds of things to fix and heal and protect and, you know, very much on guard, and that's a surviving behavior. He learned that I have to be ready. There was a, a an individual in the ER as well, and uh, I was talking to him, and I came back in, and uh, he was going to be staying at the hospital, and I told him, he was still in his street clothes, and I told him, you know, you're more than welcome to, to change. As a matter of fact, we needed a change, 
And what he told me is he said that uh, he has slept in those clothes. Well, he switches, right? But he has slept in those cl- in clothes with his shoes on uh, every night since he could remember. And the idea is, he said, uh, the condition that my mom was in, we would uh, change our, our settings where we were staying uh, sometimes two or three times a week and most often when I was asleep. So I've just become accustomed to being ready to leave at any time. As a matter of fact, I can't sleep without that accommodation that I've made. So those are examples of surviving. Surviving uh, behaviorally is walking big circles around people that um, you're afraid of, that you don't feel good about. Surviving is acquiescing. It's saying, okay, you know what? Uh, My safety depends upon not disturbing the feeling in the room maybe making up lies to to comfort people or change the situation. And then surviving also includes, unfortunately, uh, cases where we become paralyzed and surviving, especially like with sexual trauma, what that looks like is that uh, we might not even get away from the sexual trauma. Surviving says, you know what, I'm better off uh, working through or um, not really working through, I'm better off um, having the assault take place because the quicker I'm going to face it, it's going to happen anyways, I guess. So the physical body actually becomes paralyzed, and I've seen a lot of cases of this. For my survival's sake, if I can't stop this, it's going to happen. We'll get through it faster. So surviving is very much, um, there's not a lot of necessary logical drive or that type of thing. It's just trying to find a way to make it day to day. And there's a lot of nightmares, a lot of flashbacks and so forth, and uh, self-esteem issues that come with that. So when you go to therapy and and talk about uh, what to do with that, then the goal in, in the industry is to become a thriver. So a thriver, the idea of a thriver is despite uh, this fear I have of men in certain clothes or what have you, a thriver, the goal is to try to get to a place where we notice that perpetrator or that person less often. We we our, our level of alert goes down. We find that our anxiety goes down. A thriver says, you know what, I'm going to go to the movie anyways, whereas a survivor says, I may not survive it, so I'm going to stay away from a movie. And the idea is a thriver is very empowering. And that, that thriver level, what it does is it allows you to go to events. It allows you to speak up. It allows you to see that you're not defined by uh, the trauma that's happened. And so that's a very functional place to be. Uh, and and that's how I used to work with my clients. Now, the idea, though, is, and this is, I actually call this emerging. Emerging, I, I uh, am a fly fisherman, and I don't know that I'd say avid, but I participate, right? And the idea is emerging is, you know, I get this idea from fly fishing that this, as a as a bug grows, it emerges up to the surface. And so imagine with trauma, abuse, that you're kind of submerged under the surface of the water. And I talk to my clients about emerging as a way to conquer. So the idea is once you emerge, then conquering is those wings to fly. So the idea of conquering is saying, okay, my decisions, my thought patterns and so forth, I'm going to learn how to exist in such a way that I am, I barely notice if at all these alarm systems. I go after the world. I'm not just trying to uh, get to somewhere and, and be okay. I'm going to add to the world. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get jobs. I'm going to make decisions based on my talents and abilities versus make decisions based on my fears or how many doors are in a room so that I'm safe. Okay, a thriver might be said to hey 
I can still be aware of things in the room. That's not necessarily surviving. Well, a conqueror is going to go in and they're going to own that room. They're going to say, okay, you know what? My confidence level, what I bring to this room, you know what? I will not be broken. I will not be hurt. And I'm not worried about that because as a conqueror, this is my room. This is my place. This is my job. And so they're excelling. They're adding to their experience. They're adding to their world. Conquerors have confidence that they can pick out good relationships. They have the ability to um, sever or stop the development of relationships because they understand that they've emerged up out of this this abuse. So the idea is those are kind of the settings, right? This idea of um, of surviving, thriving, and ultimately conquering. And I wanted to talk today about what that process looks like as I've uh, looked and, and met with a few clients. As a matter of fact, one of the clients I want to talk about, this just happened yesterday. And I tell you what, it's absolutely amazing to see that transformation. And uh, it's been a transformation for this particular client that's been very difficult. But let's talk about the process and what that looks like. Because if you're listening to this and you are in an abusive situation or you have been traumatized in some way, you're going to probably be able to identify with a lot of these patterns that take place, thus making it very difficult to conquer. As a matter of fact, so often I see people move from survivor to thriver and it's scary and they feel foolish and they get kind of sucked back into that familiar yet uh, unhealthy zone. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk about a few um, patterns that are very common when it comes to trying uh, to emerge and move towards uh, conquer and then a task that uh, can help you out uh, as you uh, pursue the journey of of uh, conquering that abuse. All right, welcome back to Counseling on Demand. Once again, I'm your host, Fred Riley. Thank you for tuning in to yet another podcast. And what we're doing is we're uh, taking off from our uh, the previous uh, episode or part of this uh, episode where we were talking about what I call emerging. And again, just to refresh real fast, the idea is we're looking at these these phases of growth going from survivor, which is good news. If we didn't survive, then we would have nothing to work with. So that's okay. But moving into this idea of this mode of thriver, not a bad place to be. It's a treatment goal for, I would say, well, 98, 99% of, of the folks that uh, are in treatment. But then we're talking now about emerging, which means, okay, we're going to take it to no, another level called conquering. So the idea is, uh, let's talk about a client. There's a couple of clients I wanted to talk about, but one comes to mind in particular. And let's talk about some of those things that make it hard to go really from survivor clear up to conquering. And the things that I see them are... Uh, most difficult, and think about this for yourself, as we try to emerge, as we start to take a stand, as we start to feel like we have the right to something, we're fighting off these words and experiences of, a, of abuse, whether it's verbal or physical or whatever. We're fighting them off, and a couple things start to happen, and I see this every day. Okay, the idea is, okay, we start to say, okay, you know what? Um, as a conqueror, I am not to be treated the way that my mom or this whoever abused me treated me. And the idea is you feel that strength, and then immediately, especially after you really acknowledge that, okay, immediately what happens is um, feelings of guilt. I can't believe I thought about my mom that way or my dad that way. 
or um, false ownership. In other words, you know what, I'd like to own that or I, they need to own it, but I'm shifting that to them when, in fact, false ownership says it's mine. So this idea of feeling guilt. When we start to emerge, we start to identify that our thinking patterns are okay. We're starting to look at it logically. Then what happens is we start to feel that risk. And I'll tell you what, if, you're, if you can identify with that risk, it is, it is powerful. I have so many people that come in. As a matter of fact, I had a client years ago, and uh, my approach to therapy is a little bit different. Um, my approach to therapy is that someone's there for therapy, and we'll get them ready, but it's not locked into 12 sessions. So this gal, uh, wrist kept her uh, in my office 37 times before she crossed that bridge and opened her mouth. Okay. The idea is, um, you know, she was bundled up in a in a winter coat. She had gloves on, sunglasses on, everything. And the idea is just to be there. Okay. Was she was surviving? She was contemplating the risk in 37 sessions. No matter how much trust we had, so on and so forth, that feeling of risk just kept pulling her back. I think you can identify with that. The idea is okay. You know what? Even if I know this is wrong, what if I step out and I am for being abused. What if I step out and it is already as good as it can get so there's nothing out there for me? And then if it is out there for me, what does that mean to my relationships? What does that mean about why I didn't step out earlier? Those types of things. And so the idea is, okay, you know what? Maybe all those things, maybe it's a mirage I'm stepping out into and and I'm better off not trying to reach for that branch that's not there. And that's a byproduct, by the way, of ongoing um, uh, abuse. The idea is abuse says, you know what, anytime you feel justified, anytime your opinion, just when you think your opinion or thought patterns or whatever, you have the right to take up space, okay, you're going to be blamed, you're going to be scorned. And so the idea is you can go ahead and think those things, but there's going to be risk, the idea is you're going to be pushed back down. So as you start to move towards conqueror, as you start to work through this therapeutically, guilt comes up, risk, disbelief. Disbelief is kind of what I was just talking about. The idea is, okay, you know what? Um, why go after something that doesn't exist? And you really need somebody in your life that can say, you know what? I don't know what it's like to be you. I, I'm not here to convince you that something else exists. The idea is, Let's see. Let's go on this journey together to see if we can find it. The idea is if you tell somebody that they're supposed to find that, then that's another place where they're falling short because they're they're hearing that they're not doing it right. And then another big barrier is this idea of foolish. I see people so often in this process of moving from survivor to thriver, ultimately to to conqueror, as they emerge, they don't want to be seen as foolish. They don't want to be seen by other people as wrong. Uh, they don't want to be seen as one that has inappropriate or unrealistic expectations. And so they fear the risk. They fear feeling foolish. So the idea, though, one of the neat things here is what I've noted, and I've talked about this in other podcasts before, and I talked to this gal yesterday about it, and I'll tell her story in just a minute. Something that holds true no matter what, that keeps us moving forward, is there's some part of us that persists. I strongly believe that we have something inside of us that knows better regardless of what we've experienced. And that's kind of the agony of the whole thing is we keep moving forward, but you know, depression, nightmares, um, anxiety, so on and so forth are there. 
But when I talk to somebody and when you talk to somebody, you want to channel into that part that says, okay, no matter what, no matter how strong I feel that there's nothing there, there's something that persists. I don't have to name it. I don't have to know what it is. I don't know, have to know what to do with it. And I tell you, anybody I've worked with, we found those things. So uh, a gal came in. She has been in, in a few uh, abusive relationships, primarily emotional and, and verbal. And, and uh, on occasion, they've carried over into abusive uh, in terms of physical uh, she's kind of, uh, she's got to be, uh, mid forties and she is, uh, boy, she's got these patterns of just submerging of feeling weak and less than, and then feeling foolish if she takes a stand and said, you know, this is where boundaries, those types of words come in and, uh, just repeatedly reinforced through a couple marriages, through parents, through coworkers. You know, she she revealed to me that uh, she's had eight bosses, all of which made sexual advances towards her, and she just thought that that's the way life was. So I've been working with her for a while, and yesterday, uh, you know, I talked about emerging and eventually flying off the top of that water. You know, yesterday... I think that we hit that point. And what happened is she took courage a couple weeks ago. Um, I really, I, you know, you don't always have somebody like this in your life. But the idea is I said, okay, there's something in, in you that persists. And I told her there's something in you that knows better than to deal with the situation that you're in right now. There's part of you that's scared, right? You know scared. You can always go back to scared. You can always go back to um, that you're dumb, that you have bad ideas and so forth. But I told her, and this was a legal issue, actually, I told her, you know what, you go home and do what you want to do, but I guarantee you if you take this legal action, it will be scary, but it'll be worth it. Two weeks have gone by. Um, this young, this lady, her posture's changed. She has teeth. I didn't even know she had teeth. She's smiling. She's confident. She um, is sharing that, hey, how come I haven't done this earlier? The idea is she's discovering that all of her thoughts and feelings have been valid, and she doesn't need to feel guilty for it. Now, that's a scary place to get to. What if you try to do that and you don't get there? Listen, I, I see time and time again the fear, the foolish feeling, the reluctance, and I tell you what, it's there. There's something there for you, and until you get to that thing, that part of you that persists will continue to be there. So here's a task that can kind of help you out. Uh, in terms of abuse and what to do, in terms of working through trauma. And this is really a simple task. And it kind of goes back to this uh, um, gal I referred to just a few minutes ago. And uh, so I thought about this task. I thought about my clients. And I thought, what can I say on this podcast that you guys can have as a takeaway? And it's really simple. The takeaway here is to show up. Okay, stand up, whether it's with, with a partnership or whether it's going to counseling. But as I look at my clients, their main task is to show up and show up and show up. I have a client that has gone from showing up for the last five minutes to not showing up or not showing up at all, to working up the courage to be there for five minutes, to talking about all kinds of different things, to pass time for an hour, to now in this incredible place where she's facing issues. And all that she was asked to do of herself was to show up. You, the risk, you have to measure it. You have to say, okay, 
I need to hear these things. I need to be exposed to this stuff. I need to show up and risk a little bit, bit by bit. Push past that disbelief and that foolishness. So what's the task? What's the takeaway here? When it comes to looking at your abuse, when it comes to looking at overcoming and risking, show up and see what happens. Sometimes you show up and you wish you didn't show up again. And I have a lot of clients that will tell you that that's exactly what they did that worked is that they showed up, showed up, didn't want to show up, but they came again. So those are some ideas on working through trauma, focusing on becoming an emerger, focusing on, hey, there's something out there. I persist. Therefore, I might as well take a look at it. The task really is, as simple as it sounds, but as difficult it really is, is to show up. Show up, show up, show up. That's, that's a risk in and of itself. Give yourself the opportunity to find and trust someone else and build new relationships and build new experiences that counter what those years of abuse have taught you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We'll have more podcasts, uh, three of those a, a week, actually. I am Fred Riley. You can find me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two, life.com.